Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny, Adam, and Dion, and we're going to be talking about Young Detective D, Rise of the Sea Dragon. This is the 2013 sequel or prequel to Detective D and the Mystery of the Phantom Flame, and it's directed by Choi Hark. It stars Karina Lau as Empress Wu and Mark Chow Yu Ting as Detective D. It's... Um, you know, with with the exception of Empress Wu, I believe that all of the other actors are are uh, are different in the roles, but um, but it 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 definitely continues the spirit of the first film, and it gives us kind of the backstory of the Detective D character, and I don't know the plot to this one. How would you guys describe the plot of Young Detective D: Rise of the Sea Dragon? Because this does the 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 first movie felt to me like much more of a uh, traditional mystery, and this had a lot more of an adventure, and even, even sort of uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean type flair to it. I saw it like you did, Brendan. More of an adventure. There was some mystery elements to it, but I saw it more of a as an adventure, kind of, but more of a cross between Pirates of the Caribbean and Indiana Jones. You got to add a touch of Swamp Thing there too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always, I think of that as like the creature from the Black Lagoon. That aspect of the movie. Well, the, it was, it was, it was because it was a human that became a monster. That's why I'm going with Swamp Thing, because Creature in the Black Lagoon fits too. Well, don't you think it looked more like the Creature from the Black Lagoon if we were going to go with like just the appearance? Didn't? It oh kind of... yeah, totally. But I yeah. agree with you. I, I, and we'll get into that plot line because that's an interesting plot <laughs> development in the movie. Yeah. Um, but but yeah so uh so what was everybody's initial reaction to the film? I enjoyed it. Um, I haven't actually seen the first movie, so I'm kind of like diving into it sort of mid series here with this pre- prequel one. Um, and yeah, like 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 you said, I, I didn't get as much of a feel for, as, as it wasn't much of a mystery movie to me. So it was definitely more along the lines of adventure. Um, I kind of like how they sort of build up um, De- Detective D as a, as a, the Sherlock Holmes of China kind of thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's he's got photographic memory and the uh, super analysis that you can use to piece things together, which, which is pretty cool. Um, don't get many movies with those kind of characters in uh, in in China, I think. So it's uh, definitely an interesting one. Um, there were questionable special effects. I thought it, it was a very ambitious movie. I felt. Um, some of the scenes, like you could tell that they were like stitched together and they weren't occurring on the same plane of reality, kind of thing. Um, I really enjoyed the music and the fight scenes. I thought were very over the top, but enjoyable to watch. Yeah, the music definitely stood out. I thought the music was really effective. This, I think, Dion, did you mention that to me when you were messaging in between episodes? Was was that a comment that you had made? Yeah, I really enjoyed the music too. Um, really. You got me into the movie. It sucked me in. I thought that this movie was an excellent movie. I watched it three times. I don't know how I got six hours out of the week, but I watched it three times. Um, <laughs> well, part of it I, is because we didn't meet last week, so that gave you an ample true. time. Yeah, gave me uh, a little bit more time. But um, I greatly enjoyed this movie. I can't wait to watch Four Heavenly Kings. Um, so now I own the first two. And I'm really excited because this movie, it had just had so much. It had a little bit for everybody, I thought. Mm. There wasn't a lot of comedy in it, but I do like the quirkiness of some of the characters. So that was enough to make me chuckle a little bit at some of the things that they said and did. 
But I had, um, I really wasn't expecting too much from this movie because usually the second one's not good, but I thought the second one was just as good as the first one. Yeah, I, uh, I like this. I mean, as a sign, I, I like the first one enough that when I went to rent this, I was like, okay, it's three bucks to rent it or seven bucks to buy it. So I'm just going to buy it. And I do not regret that at all. <laughs> it was, uh, was, was, you know, okay, I, I, I was confident enough and it lived up to my expectations. It's, yeah, I agree with everyone that it's definitely more adventurous than the last one. And I will say, I will say, Kenny, I don't think you missed anything by not seeing the other one. I don't think, I, I, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of stuff that, uh, there, I mean, there's, there's actually one element I would say you're kind of getting a sense of something if you've seen the other one, but I don't think it really matters to the movie overall. Yeah, I think it's more, you know, just about the mood of the movie. So when you've watched the first in the series of movies, like even if it's technically like set further on the timeline, like you, you, you bring things with you when you watch up watching the second movie, don't you? Even the first yeah. set in the past, right? So uh, I think, you know, having a fresh look, I don't know if there was any sort of um, any... Yeah, like you said, like the things that might be hinted at towards in the future that I missed or whatever, but e- little Easter eggs here and there. But if yeah, from what from what it sounds like, it's very standalone, and you don't really need to know what happens in the first one to you know, yeah. in, in the future to to appreciate this movie. I think I think one detail that might be important is that Andy Lau plays Detective D in the first movie, and mm-hmm. you know it, it kind of gives the film it gives the character a lot of weight. Um, so I don't know if, if missing that would have an effect on how you oh, see. I think so because I, I I can't imagine Andy Lau being less charismatic than uh, who's playing it this time around. Uh, Mark Chow. Mark Chow. Like I, uh, Andy Lau must have a very heavy presence on the screen. Like I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know, but maybe it's a good uh, good sort of first discussion point. Like how do how do you guys feel about um, the change in actors here for uh, Detective D? Like was well, was okay um but i think they kind of played the or maybe the character was written a little differently this time um because he's a younger um detective d and he's not gone through everything that he's gone through um to get to the first that we discovered in the first one this one i this character was a little bit more quirkier but I thought then the second one, which I enjoyed, but I thought that he had great presence on the screen. Maybe not as solid as Andy Lau, but I've known and seen a lot more Andy Lau. So his heaviness for me is just automatically present as soon as he steps on the screen. This was a new actor for me, but I thought he played the role very well. And he had big shoes to fill, and I would say he 90% filled the shoes yeah yeah and I think I think it worked well that this being a prequel he didn't have to have all the weight of Andy Lau because he is the younger version of the character so you know Andy Lau you know Andy Lau has his deeper version of the character but he's he's a much older version so I I think I think making it a prequel was a good idea if they were going to change the character yeah yeah, I don't think it would have worked if it was a sequel, but I think because it was a prequel, it worked perfectly fine for the reasons everybody's saying. Because in the first movie, the character had this you know, long period of imprisonment. And, and when we first meet Detective D, he's got a beard, he's all, 
you know, he's just, he's, he's basically miserable. Um, so here he's, he's, I mean, obviously he, it looks like he had an earlier stint in prison of some kind, but it wasn't as severe. So, um, and can everybody hear me? Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit of stuttering. I okay. Think, but... All right. We'll, we'll marshal through it as best we can. Um, so, so Kenny, you had mentioned the special effects and I think that's worth getting into because, the special effects obviously have a really big impact on the movie as a whole. Um, your key critique seems to be, and I would agree with it, there are moments in the movie where the special effects kind of disintegrate before your eye. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't really hold up very well. Um, no, like, so one example I can think of is, well, ignoring the massive um, manta ray skate wing thing, whatever it was, we'll, we'll just talk about the, the one of the fight scenes between um, Yuji and the traitor, um, and and they were doing the, the the whole sort of running on lanterns and chopping lanterns at each other things like that. That scene, just, everything just felt so disjointed. Like I could almost see the layers that they just that tried to pull together with the CGI to try and make and. It did take me out of the movie a little, little bit there, but um, it—I don't know. Like it, 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 they, it, they could have done it better, I thought. But I don't know. Two thousand thirteen. Would you say like that? Would you expect any better from that time? Like, well, here's yeah. my viewpoint on the effects. I think there's so many effects in this movie. Most of them are really solid. Most of them help establish mm-hmm. the mood and the atmosphere. But every once in a while, because it's sort of full total commitment to special effects, you get and you get this in a lot of Choi Hark movies. I feel he takes so many chances with them that sometimes the chances pay off, sometimes they don't. And 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 like I think the key scene for me where the chance does does not pay off is he uses them for some of the weapons, and the weaponry just looks really bad as CGI. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's some guy gets impaled with some kind of chain weapon, and it has no no real heft or anything to it because it's just this limp CGI effect. Um, yeah. It felt very video gamey on that, but the, yeah, the effects that, that for me didn't quite gel were the ships. It's like the ships in the water just didn't move right together at all. It's like, yeah, this, this real ocean and you had these CGI ships moving through it. And it's just, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I used to sail or something, but it was just really, really irritating me anytime they were doing the distance shots of the ships some but, uh, i mean some of the ship stuff i like though like when the sea monster first attacked them and they were all in the ships and you get like that sound yeah. they got the sound and perfectly of what you would want it to sound like um and the music and all that stuff and the visuals worked but yeah there, there were scenes where it kind of it kind of fell apart, I see, think, See, you know, the sea monsters attacking the ship off and you'd see it from on the ship and you weren't getting that sense of it being... You weren't really seeing it in the water. Yeah. Like I said, it was the connection between the ship and the water that, that was bugging me. So a lot of the shots didn't bother me because that wasn't well, even out. The only, the only part of the movie I honestly didn't like that much, and I wouldn't say I didn't like it, it's just that I thought it went on too long, was the sea monster fight at the end where mm-hmm. it just kind of went on and on. And I felt like... It, it felt like the filmmaker wanted to be making Pirates of the Caribbean too much in that moment. Ah. That was sort of my feeling when I saw that scene. <laughs> like, I like I liked the Pirates of the Caribbean vibe. It's just that, like, it was getting too into it at that, at that point, and it was lasting too long. And uh, and so, you know, I, I think... I think I don't think it was the effects, though. I think it was just... I was just tired of the sea monster thing going on for that length of time. 
Um, and I wasn't even paying as much attention to the quality effects at that point. Um, My problem with the sea monster at the end was the the tainted fish, the poison fish. I think it would have taken a lot more fish <laughs> than that to actually kill the thing. So that bothered me. You also found a really key plot hole, Dion, that you mentioned to me by a Facebook message that I think we should talk about, where... I, what is it? Yes, oh, and you, towards the end of the movie, well, well there's one scene where Yuchi pulls um, Detective T D out of the water, and he said uh, something about you're afraid of water, and he said, "No, I'm not afraid of the water. I just can't swim." But earlier in the film, when the monster comes and takes, um, what's her name? Was it Ruji? Is that her name? Yeah, I keep one. I want to say Angela, baby, because that's her real name. Yes, but Ruji. Um, um, when he took Ruji underwater, um, out of the, uh, where was it? The, she was at the monastery, I guess it was in the, and he dragged her into the pool mm-hmm. and he was kissing her underwater. Well, detective D was under the water swimming and watching the whole thing and dragging some of the, the, uh, weeds I guess to make some kind of trap for him because then he yeah. eventually gets caught in it. So he's doing all this underwater, but how could he not swim? Hmm. Wow. I know what you mean. So I, I had the same thought as well, but from what I can see, he doesn't actually do any swimming per se. Like he dives under and then like he just starts trying to use the grass, like just waving it around to try and tangle the monster as opposed to like trying to do anything else. And then there is a bit where he is like struggling very heavily with um, Rigi's body or uh, her unconscious body. But he he manages to get her up out of the water. From yeah. a, I'm a person who can't swim. I'm not doing all that kind of stuff under the water. Trust me. But is that as deep as you think it is? Because I think that when he initially lands, like he makes, he, he seems kind of surprised that he's, he's like floating. So I don't know. Like it's one of those things where I don't know if it, if there is some sort of reason. There's probably some sort of reason for it, but it's too obvious of a plot point of a plot hole. But also, that there's, sense? there's no real reason to add that detail about him either. Like why? Why does like it was so inconsequential to the grand scheme of well, anything. I think- I think I think we just gave him one vulnerability. It was the oh, the great detective D can't swim. Yeah. It was just after him being good at everything. It was given that one humbling little aspect. But well, and they're about to go into the water, so I mean, you know, it may, it, it, yeah, it, it maybe it raises the stakes there. Um, but but I don't know. I I, it, I I was I was thinking, well, maybe the pool that he was in was shallow, and so it wasn't it wasn't technically swimming or something. But I I think Dion's right. I think it's a plot hole. Because I don't think it's I, I like I, I see what Kenny's saying. You can look at it, and you can sort of see explanations, but it doesn't feel adequately explained unless there's something we're missing in the subtitles, which is possible. Like maybe there was something he said that didn't get translated well. Um, but no, he didn't. He didn't say anything. Like I'm just having a quick glance over the scene now, and the, the, it does look quite shallow in the beginning parts of this pond, but I. I don't know. Like there was a part where it looked like he was swimming with her body, trying to pull her back. But then he starts. Then he's able to walk. With, like he's then he's carrying her, cradling her body, and I'm like, walking on the water. So I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> so uh, so what do you guys think of the fight scenes in this movie? It was very over the top. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great, but at some points it gets a bit too much, I think. Um, there's not much, like, weight to... I guess, again, that's probably down to um, the CG not being very well used here, that everything just feels sort of, like, light and flighty and and not much impact, I would say. Like, um, some of the lightness kung fu shown by Yushi was just pff, ridiculous. Yes. I felt the same way. I thought there were like too many, too much spinning, and I would have liked to have more grounded fights. But you could, I don't know. It was just way too over the top for me, even though I did enjoy them. But yeah, it was yeah, over the top. Yeah, there were good action scenes, but they weren't good fight scenes in that sense of a good martial arts fight scene. And that's kind of where I'd put it. I, I there... Go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah, but I'm like I enjoyed them all. It's just, like, just it's the weightless thing. I mean, that that's something that going that 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 there were a number of points where someone would be spin like you say the spinning thing. Someone would be spinning around, you know, in the air kind of randomly, and they'd hit someone. And I'd feel and I'd feel like that doesn't even look like it would hurt. I don't know. <laughs> the, I I like the untethered look of it. Like I like because I like when uh-huh. they can get lightness kung fu in different ways, and so I thought the lightness kung fu was interesting. But what I what I liked the best in it was the use of AccuPoint. I thought the AccuPoint uh, <laughs> moments in it were pretty strong, mm-hmm. um, and I think it did kind of depend. Like some of the actors, I thought did a much better job with the lightness stuff. Like the the guy playing Yuchi, I thought did great when he was like like because his lightness kung fu had like a had like a shape to it. Do you know what I mean? There was like something like like the way that he would use his sword just had a cool effect. And it didn't feel as random as some of the other characters, uh, it, and it felt like more of an extension of his personality. Like there's that scene where he, where he gets so angry that he just leaps through the roof to go meet Detective D in the courtyard. Do you know what I mean? So it felt like it felt like like uh, like when I used to do martial arts, my uh, the master would we did a lot of footwork in the style we did. And so he used to use his feet all the time when he was doing construction around the facility. Like he would, he would use his foot to prop up a door and like, you could see him using his technique for practical purposes of getting around. And I felt like the Yuchi character was kind of doing that with his lightness Kung Fu. Like he was just sort of, you know, just effortlessly applying it to everything that he did. Um, But I do think the first movie had better fight choreography. I, I would say that the first movie there was a little bit more density to it. And I think, I think that the criticism you guys make that when the hits do land, they don't always feel like they're actually connecting. Like there's sort of a, uh, there's kind of a, I don't know, something about it felt a little bit muted or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the AccuPoint stuff, the AccuPoint stuff worked because that was literally someone doing something and it, so it didn't suffer from the problem that would happen when there'd be kicks or something and they didn't quite feel convincing. Well, so. in the AccuPoint stuff, they actually would show you what was going on, too, internally. Yeah, so. yeah. so I agree with you on that. That stuff did work well. Um, so what about the overall storyline? Did you guys enjoy it? Did you think that the plot held up? Did you? And I know, Kenny, you can't answer this, but do you think it compared well to the first uh, film's plot? Uh, I... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think the plot was as good as the last movie. I mean, maybe, or at least, I always, again, partly it's the, you know, the Andy Lau version had a little more depth to him and weight. And so, I mean, may, I, it's hard, you know, it's always kind of hard to separate performances and plot on the impact and everything. But 
But yeah, I, I think the first one had more dramatic weight to it, definitely. And, uh, and it, the mystery was, was a little more interesting to me. But this, this was still a really fun movie. It just was less of a mystery to me, but it was more just an exciting action movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The first one was definitely all about the mystery and who did it. And I was, you know, always trying to figure out who it was. And I was all confused. But this one, I didn't really care about who did what. It was just a really good movie, and I just wanted the happy ending at the end. So I, I don't know. It was more of an adventure film and less of a mystery. So it was. So I don't know. It's hard to compare them when they're when I feel that their aims aren't the same. Yeah. Like no, I think I, the yeah. first one was yeah. aiming to be a mystery, but this one was more like you said it's a prequel so it gives us a history of some of the characters and their interactions with each other plus there wasn't i mean there was a case to solve but i don't know it wasn't that much that important to the storyline as in the first one i i feel like oh go ahead kenny no, I shouldn't say that. Like, the, the 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 main like sort of case here is, seems to be like the, the the intrigue part is to do with all the tea, right? Yeah. Um, the bird tongue to tea or whatever it was, and it got resolved like way earlier than I expected, and then like it's just like they, they they sort of like came up with this little thing where it's like, oh, you have to try and figure out what's going, what you know, what 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 the plot here is, and then after after like halfway through the movie, it's like, okay, that's done now. The rest of it can just be a, a, an action a movie yeah. where you're chasing down rebels and like fighting sea monsters. Mm-hmm. Well, the big sea monster kind of gets forgotten because you have the big scene at the beginning, but then all of a sudden you have this little sea monster that shows up and then all the focus is trying to figure out you know what the sea monster wants and then once you figure out how he became the sea monster then all of a sudden the big sea monster becomes apparent at the end again so it kind of bookends it but i think there needed to be more of a threat of the sea monster in the middle for me to remember because i had at one point completely forgotten that the big (laughs) sea monster was was out there well, yeah. and we find Until, out the, the big sea monster was just a diversion, so the little guy could get, could escape, away. and he didn't even mean for it to destroy the fleet. It was just an accident because it happened to go in that same direction, right? So, yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of an if you're, if you're going to look for you know, because this movie had less dramatic weight, and part of it I think is because the sea monster was kind of this incidental, random thing to it to an extent in the story. It. You know, it being the final boss of the movie, it's like, okay, well, now we're going to fight the random encounter. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I found the the leader of, was it, the Dondo group to be more compelling than the Seamoss. I mean, he was kind of like, when they they actually were confronting him... And he was like, you know, if, if we weren't enemies, Detective D, you know, we could, you know, you know, you, could, you, you know, together we could work so well. That was a really cool scene. I thought I thought that had a lot of, you know, just just the, the way it was sort of set up, the way they were standing, what he, they were saying was all just really perfect. Um, yeah. And, and I thought that the other part of the story that was the most compelling was the story of the um, of, of, of Mr. Yuan and the courtesan mm-hmm. and. You know how, and again, it's kind of an old trope, but it was really well done. I thought where he's this monster who used to be a man that was in love with this courtesan, and he wooed her with poetry, and you know, and I and I liked that that was all sort of kind of 
tied in right to the very beginning of the movie because we see her pass by in that very early scene. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I was I was delighted at the whole monster movie trope going on in it. I mean, it's something I totally caught off guard showing up in this movie. And I'm like, wow, this is great. So. Yeah, uh, it works. It's funny because the, the more you, uh, you guys like talk about it, the more I think like this is like a feels like a tabletop campaign where. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 where the, it's where the game master like ends the main plot too early and says, like, "Oh crap, I forgot about the giant sea monster." Let me finish off this plot by like making them have to try and attack this island so that they can save Rishi well, from the queen. <laughs> I think I think you've answered a question for me because I keep thinking of Conan the Destroyer when I watch this movie for some reason, and I always think it's because of the um, the the Mister Yuan character when he's when he's in the, the 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 what is it like the the weaving or the fabric facility and that red drapery gets all over him. It kind of looks like the wizard guy from Conan mm-hmm. the Destroyer in the red robe, but. I think it's deeper. I think it's what Kenny's saying. I think this feels like a tabletop role-playing campaign. And the first Detective D feels like kind of like more like Conan the Barbarian. Like it's like more of like a (laughs) real sort of, you know, story. It's not necessarily a product of, of gameplay in the same way that, that, the destroyer kind of feels like it is. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. I was talking about the. I already mentioned that the sea monster fight at the end felt like a random encounter. It's like, okay, make your survival roll to get back to the shore after fighting, you know, the big bad. And then it's like, oh no, it's the sea monster. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it definitely feels that way, which is which is fine. No, I, I mean it. Oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, go. I'm done. I'm done. I was just gonna say I want to know what people thought of the urine drinking scene because that was a for, for whatever I didn't notice like the first time I saw it I barely noticed it and this time oh, I'm like well really? they're really emphasizing this part of the movie and, and... Well, that was that was that was, the, that was like pure I mean the image there wasn't that much comedy but that was like the comedic heart of this movie they just you know I just feel like they were really really digging I, that in it felt joke. like it felt like it was they were making some kind of political point that i wasn't fully grasping do you know what i mean i didn't take but, it that way but maybe you're right well, well think about it. they have all all of the officials suddenly all, like all of these aristocrats basically because i think this is still in a period when there is like an aristocracy they have yeah. to drink the urine and 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 it's and it's like a very ritualistic. We're going to show you everybody drinking all this urine, and 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 like like the, all these formal processions of people drinking urine, and and you get to see the disgusted look on their faces. And there's of course the one guy that likes the urine for some reason. But... He was the soldier. Yeah. The soldier yeah. just loved it. He was like, that's good. I mean, we also get a lot of shots of D and his, D and his gang watching them drink the urine, too. And you, you get to see this look on their face. Like, you know, they're, they're very serious. But they're very serious in a way that shows I am really, really trying to hold a straight expression while I watch all these people drink urine. Well, and then in the credit scene, the Empress kind of gets some revenge because she's able to to force them to drink the, the, the urine. It seems. We don't, I don't think we actually see them drinking the cure, but... She yeah. tells them to bring out the medicine. Um, and, yeah, and I'd say, too, the, the dialogue over the scene, too. It's like, oh, this wonderful tonic that has been granted to us by the Emperor. And, well, you know, I love I love the official that gets dragged out of bed to first drink, to drink <laughs> the first time. He had to be the official food taste tester. 
Well, what was he saying? He, and he and he was and he was talking about how oh now I'm finally gonna be promoted and I'll be yeah, I'll be so yeah. and so wandering far and wide. And he... <laughs> <laughs> it's my 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 moment to shine. And then he's forced to drink urine in front of everybody. <laughs> but but yeah, so I don't. But that that was like what ten minutes? I think like that whole <laughs> section of the film. It was really long. I... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I appreciate. It. I, I thought that worked. That was that was just the, the the length of it made it funnier and funnier as it went on too. Yeah, yeah, I kind of had this like stacking effect of now we're exactly. gonna like now it's one guy, now it's like everybody in the military, and now you know it's, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Now um, we have the kids in the line and the units forcing them to drink. Uh huh. <laughs> but uh. So yeah, so uh, I don't know. What did you guys think of any of the individual characters in the movie? Did anybody stand out as your favorites? Uh, you know, any thoughts about them? I liked um, Imperial Doctor Wang <laughs> and yeah. his whole cast of uh, uh, associates. I guess they're his uh, apprentices. Victims. I just love when yeah, <laughs> I love when, when Shao went back. To visit and they were like oh first student's back and it's so wonderful and they're putting him through misery and everything and he has this ape arm and then um he finds thinks he's going to get a new arm with ruji and then you know he's walking around using her arm like oh this is yeah. a wonderful arm <laughs> i thought that was funny yeah, th this movie gets away with a lot. Like, I don't think a lot of movies could just throw in a character with an ape arm like that and, and have it work. Part of it was the acting there. But it, 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 I, I, when I watched it this time, I was like, wow, this is really like, this could have really gone south in a hurry, you know, in, in, in any number of films. But it, it, it just kind of works in this movie somehow. Yeah, there's something ape-like about the way the doctor moved too to go yeah. along with his arm. It was like the having that arm just had an overall effect on him to it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just some added confusion to his character. It actually completed the character in a really strange <laughs> yeah. way. I like these little apprentices. They were all odd balls. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you felt I felt sorry for them too. It's just like, oh man. I was but, uh, wondering how Shao got mixed up in that crew because he was the most normal one out of all of them. Well, yeah, but we know he's got this. But we see from the first one that he's got this deep, deep resentment that is just waiting to come to the surface. Do you know what I mean? So he's. But he's gone through so much to get to that resentment. I feel like this version of Shao, his younger version, is so innocent and I, sweet. I don't think and, so. I don't. Th I would disagree with that. I think there's like a. There's something, in, like, you can see it in his expression. There's something, and maybe I'm just projecting what I know about the first movie onto the character, but I feel like he's biting back something bad. Do you know what I mean? I feel I feel like he has these aspirations that aren't being met, and there's... Well, I don't think he's gotten that bitter yet, because he'd only been in the, what, in the Imperial Court for, like, less than a year. Yeah, so, yeah, there's that whole scene, too, where Detective D explains how he, like, from a badge yeah. on the wall, he figures out all this stuff. Um, yeah. I thought that was cool. That was part of his quirkiness, how he just looked at one simple thing and could figure out different things so quickly. I thought that was awesome. It was no, that was, I thought it was why, um, 
well, that's right. That's interrupt. Like, it's never explained why Shad War was like really shy around Rui. Um, uh, Ruiji was was it like it, he never really looked at her in the face at all. Like yeah, he, always... I, he just had an introverted personality and was a shy guy, I think. Yeah, I, I wondered at first if he was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's just how deep pegged him as being really shy around women at the beginning. And then, so that was the main woman in the movie. And so he just... She was so beautiful, I guess he could never look her in the eye. Yeah, I wondered during the first scene where they where they interacted, because he was immediately just like, <gasps> like I, I thought, they'd already established that he'd been in love with the girl next door. I thought, was she is she like the girl next door? Is like, is that are they gonna go that that direction? And then and I, I was like the the first few scenes they were in together, I was wondering if that was gonna happen. And eventually I was like, No, no, I, I just made that up. That isn't actually gonna happen. Well and she's not just any woman, she's like this like, you know, really famous courtesan that like every noble person wanted to oh like, sure yeah so i mean yeah was... that's the thing it would, be, it just, would just be ironic if the girl next door was the most beautiful woman in the world kind of thing the uh um yeah i don't know what i i guess for i mean i i would still have to go with karina Lau's empress Wu as the character that really i, I think she's the character that mm. holds the movies together Frankly, like especially when you when you see in the second one that they don't they don't continue with Andy Lau, you know I, I feel like the 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 backbone of the movie really becomes the Empress Wu character. And, uh, yeah, that, and that I, is I, the one. Oh, that ahead. is the one. That is the one character I feel like having seen the other movie makes a big difference in how you perceive that character. That is that is, that is the one thing where I think there's a big difference. I, I don't think I think I think a lot of the other characters. You can kind of get away with different actors, but with Empress Wu, I think at this point it would be really hard because she just is, is yeah. very convincing in that role. Um, yeah. And I love how I just love her personality. She's she's so <laughs> uh, she's so ruthless and uh, uh, and just like the seed where she's gonna she's gonna behead um, uh, Angela Baby's character, the the Ruji uh, courtesan. <laughs> And then Detective D goes and makes that bet, and then both of their heads are on the line. And the look on yeah. her face when the Emperor gives him the mace that is you know, <laughs> oh, more she significant is the hot person. then. Yeah. What was that? She was hot when he pre- presented D with the mace at the end. She was human. Oh yeah, no, she she looked very angry, but it was like a it was like a subtle portrayal of that anger. It wasn't it? You know, it, it was just very well done. Um, mm-hmm. But, and, and I like that you also get the sense that this is the earlier Empress Wu. Like, this is her before she's really, like, gone through the transformation to becoming, like, the real Empress. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, oh, another thing. Well, first off, did anybody else have any other characters they wanted to talk about? Um, I did like uh, D's superior, I thought. I mean, he wasn't, like, flashy or anything, but I, I really I really kind of enjoyed that character to an extent. I mean... The Yuchi character? Uh, I'm completely blanking on his name. I don't know. The uh, the guy that ran the the organization that he was in. Uh, so I, I think that's Yuchi, unless you're thinking is the Yuchi. guy who turned out to okay. be the traitor that was, like, the number two. No, no, not the traitor. Not the traitor. No. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I like that character, just the way his... I don't know, just everything about him. His suspicion of D and his somewhat resentment when D gets promoted above him. And I don't know, that character just felt, had just had a nice, nice, solid weight to him. I enjoyed that character. When he, and, Does and he I like show up it, in the 
Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna ask, does he show up in the first movie as well? Because the, no. the the narration says that oh, this is person that has been my friend, both friend and foe well, throughout my years. And I was like, oh, is this? That's what confused he... me because I thought yeah. that meant that he was the um, the Dong the Pei Dong Lai character, but uh, I don't. I, maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe he is somebody in the first movie that we're just for neglecting for whatever reason. But I don't remember Yuchi in. Uh, um... Yeah, I don't remember him in the first one. I had thought that they were. Uh, the same character too, because I think I brought brought that up to you when we were messaging mm. um, while I was watching it the first time. Well, because um, they look alike too, except for the hair, but it's right. like a similar type of look. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, because I was thinking maybe that um, he had gotten some kind of disease and that made him paler and his yeah. hair whiten and you know maybe he changed his name. I don't know. You never know when in movie, but yeah, I was trying to connect the two because they kind of have the same kind of quirkiness. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe we'll find out more in the Four Heavenly Kings. Maybe, maybe there we'll uh, we'll get some more info. But um, one thing I did want to talk about was how this movie deals with the supernatural compared to the first movie, because I feel like in the first movie you get like a taste of the supernatural, but it's sort of Scooby Doo like in how it's explained away. And this one really challenges you more from the very beginning by just throwing a sea dragon at you and then throwing a monster in a pond at you and and then barely really explaining the stuff away. You know, you get the 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 ape arm. I mean there there are there are explanations. Like the guy the guy, the, the 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 Yuan character is a result of parasites. But it's the kind of parasite that we've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. In in the same way that the the phantom flame was a fi- type of parasite or type of uh, creature that we've never well, seen before. But the the sea dragons never explained as anything normal. I think right the we just know that these people have been raising it. Uh, I guess in order to wreak havoc at, at some later date. And obviously it's been there for a long, long time because they had this festival, I guess, the, or the parade to appease it. So they must have, uh, from what they said, wasn't the first Dion, I think your mic is, um, uh, something might be going no, on. No, it's... It's fine? Okay, all right, sorry, sorry. Um, I think that... Ruji wasn't the first to be sent to the temple to fast. Uh-huh. So the festival must have been going on for years. And so, I don't know. It's never really, really explained, but they, it's been there forever, it seems like. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just feel like the supernatural in this one feels like uh, it's not... It's like in, in the first movie, I feel like it's all pretty thoroughly debunked by the end. And this one, I just don't... I don't feel as comfortable... Like if I were living in this world, I would feel I would not feel as comfortable by the end of the movie, as I did at the end of Detective D. If you know what I mean, um, I, I I feel like the there's still sort of the potential for supernatural stuff lurking in the shadows here. Uh, I don't know. Everything seems sort of explained to me. Like giant sea monsters, really. You know, it just seems they found a giant thing and they managed to tame it with food, kind of thing, right? Like. There's nothing really supernatural about it. There are big creatures. Maybe not to the extent of, you know, what was shown in the movie, but, um, I don't know, Krakens 
are, well, yeah, they're a thing of myth and legend, but they're really just really big squids, right? Okay, <laughs> well, what about the ape arm? The, I mean, I know, I know that this is like supposed to be advanced surgery of some kind, but this is the Tang Dynasty. The guy has transplanted an ape arm onto his body. So it feels like, maybe supernatural is the wrong word, but some kind oh. of like, it just feels very, uh, the whole movie has a real surreal quality to it or something like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think, you know, I mean, Kenny's coming at it from a different angle because he started with this movie. And it's mm-hmm. like on its own terms, yeah, everything makes sense within a fantastical action movie way. But, yeah, I mean, the first movie felt a little more, I mean, once again, it, the explanations were a little over the top, but it was trying somehow to have a rational explanation for everything to an extent in a way that this movie didn't just didn't seem to care about <laughs> which was fine but it was very different yeah because you know what it is in the first movie everything got an explanation i feel mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. It was like, okay the, de- the 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 deer or whatever it was that was that the 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 um i forget the the title of the character but there was a priest that was kind of um uh appearing before the empress is a deer and speaking and we learned it was ventriloquism and they even show you the shot where you can see the other character speaking and i i feel like there wasn't as much of that attention going on in this one and it felt like it was deliberate it felt like it was a decision they made not like they were just being lazy but like they were kind of saying no, no we're going to make you have to wonder more about some of this stuff um, but how can you really explain the big sea monster you can't but like uh, but like Kenny said, you know, there are big creatures in the sea. Maybe it's some kind of leftover remnant from the prehistoric era or something that they reared from a hatchling. Uh, you know, who, who knows? Um, you know, I, I, I think I think it's. Uh, but 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 you watch the movie, you have to accept that monsters like that exist. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Like that's the the conclusion you have to draw. Um, the ape arm is the one that does that the most, though. It's the yeah. one that you just can't really reconcile like someone else's arm sure okay you can transplant arms like that in in wushar it's okay an ape arm mm, it's uh... just very dr moreau you know it's it's very it's very vivisectionist and which i mean they kind of established with the character he's performing brain surgery on on a guy with parasites so i mean you know i'm probably taking too fine of a scalpel to all this but like i think that it it uh I don't know. I just, I just felt unnerved, but not, not in a bad way. It's just that it had an effect on me that I didn't feel as comfortable as I felt in the first D movie. Like just saying like, well, it's, it's, it's all very weird, but ultimately it's all explained adequately and it's all mundane. You know, I guess, I guess the time between the movies, this was the first, this was the earliest in time. So between that movie, like during Dee's career, he eliminates all the supernatural <laughs> mysteries of the world. And so when he comes back, you know, in the in the movie that takes place later, it's like, yeah, it's a totally rational world now. Dee's brought yeah. order to reality by that point. Perhaps that's it. Perhaps that's the explanation. <laughs> um so yeah, so I guess we're at our uh, recommendation and rating of the movie, where we rate it on a scale of one to five, and we've decided there's no half, no 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 giving any half points. It has to be a full one, two, three, four, or five. Um, I never give half points. So yeah, we, we, well, it's 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 better. I think I think it's it, yeah. it forces you to take a, a 
a stand. Um, so, so I don't. Know, why don't we start with Adam? Adam, what do you, what do you, what are you going to recommend for this movie? Uh, I'm going to go with a three on this one. It's a high three, but I'm going to go with a three because okay. it's, it's it is totally a good movie, but uh, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm happy I bought it and everything, but I, I'm it's yeah. I don't know. I'll go with a three. Yeah. Dion, what about you? Can you come to me last? I'm still wavering. Here. Okay, yeah, no, that's yeah, I, it's All a right. tough one to rate. Kenny, Kenny, how would you rate it? You're usually pretty. You usually have a clear idea of how you feel about a movie. Um, yeah, like I, this one, I feel like it's a solid free for me as well. Like it was enjoyable as far as you know, just watching a movie goes. But there's nothing that really makes you think, okay. I need to watch that again to truly appreciate the splendors of this movie. Like, sure, there's some you know, gorgeous use of colors here and there. The music was really good. Like, if anything, I'd watch the movie again to listen to the music and how the soundtrack accompanied the movie. Like, that's, that's, that's the only sort of reason I can think for it. But everything else, just, oh, the plot was, eh. The, the characters were all right. I mean, I didn't hate any of them. And it just sort of feels very solidly like average to me. Hmm. So, and I'll, I'll go before you, Dion, if that's okay, if you want to go last, or do you want to go next? I'll go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a four. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I watched it three times. Um, I just thought, I was wavering between a three and a four, but I ended up giving it the four anyway. I would have liked to have given it a 3.8. <laughs> But we're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I cheated. I cheated and said I gave it a high three, which is my way of sneaking in a three point five. But, uh... <laughs> so yeah, I I really enjoyed everything about the movie. There were you know the little things that could have been done better to make it a five, but I liked it just as much as I liked the first one, so I gave it the same score. Yeah, I, I would give this one a four. Um... I, 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 and I was thinking that consciously the whole time I was watching it this time. I was like, yep, this is a four. This movie is a four. And, and I think for me, part of the reason is one of the things Kenny mentioned. The way the soundtrack blends with the movie really keeps you interested and engaged in it the whole time. And it just has a nice... I don't know. It's one of these films like... Uh, I, I would agree. I don't feel compelled to watch it as much as Detective D. I think I watched it when it first came out. I might have watched it one other time after that for a review or something. But this is the first time I've watched it in a number of years. But it really held up. And it was really enjoyable and had like a great adventure and sort of atmosphere to it. Uh, but I do much prefer the first Detective D film. I don't, I don't remember what rating I gave it. I don't remember if I gave that a four or a five. But, but I would say that, uh, you know, provided my rating of that one was accurate, uh, I, would, I would give this one a four. Um, just because I think, it's, I think it's like a solid entry in the series. And, and I think that it is really good sort of epic grand filmmaking. Like it really kind of captures the feel of being in Luyang and exploring the city. Like, I think that's the thing that this movie does better than the first one is it captures the feel of the city better because you kind of have a more complete sense of it, you know, just cause maybe they're using more CGI, but, uh, but, but yeah, I would say a four for me. And I would I would recommend people check it out. I think it's worth seeing, and um, and yeah. So I don't know any other thoughts before we head out. Good. 
All right, so we'll be back next week with The Four Heavenly Kings, which is the most recent Detective D film. And then after that, we're going to be doing A Moment of Romance, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, we'll see how you guys feel about it. I don't. This is not a kind of movie we normally do. Uh, so, you know, this one's more of a motorcycles and and angst kind of a film with a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of really violent action thrown in for a good measure and a nice romantic storyline in the center of it. Um, but it's not it's not it's not at all the movie that we normally do. So I, I don't know how people are going to feel about it. Um, but yeah, so uh, so we'll head out and we will talk to you later.